neighbor. Welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? Well, maybe if I press this button. This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here. And there's nothing written on it. So we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary things? Do you ever imagine things? Things you'd like to have. Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark and wonder what they were? What they were? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? In the garden of your mind. You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. In the garden of your mind. It's good to be curious about many things. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think and they'll grow. Imagine every person that you see is somewhat different from every other person in the world. Some can do some things. Some can do others. Did you ever think of the many things you've learned to do? Many things you've Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. It's good to be curious about many things. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think and they'll grow. You feel like going like that, Let's give the fish some food. Mr. McFeely, I didn't order any whistles. That's what they call a slide whistle. There are so many things to learn about in this world, and so many people who can help us learn. And so many people who can help us learn. Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? In the garden of your mind. You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. In the garden of your mind. It's good to be curious about many things. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think, and they'll grow. <laughs> right, cats and kittens. This is the Get Off My Lawn podcast for the week of August 27th. Sounds right. 27th, 2017. I am your genial host, Kevin. And that was the words of Mr. Rogers compiled, edited, and auto-tuned by Melody Sheep. Now, Melody Sheep, if you are not familiar with them, with him, it is a gentleman by the name of John D. Boswell. I would uh, Google Melody Sheep instantly upon hearing the start of this podcast, if you've not already started to do so. Uh, it, it, it's a cool little thing where they have taken, I keep saying they as if it's a group, but Mr. Boswell has taken several uh, well-known speeches, well-known interview segments, uh, well-known words of, of fairly famous, well-known people, and, and turned them into music. You'll hear everybody from Bruce Lee, 
uh, already again, Mr. Rogers, he did a thing with several PBS stars. That's why Mr. Rogers was so prominent. Uh, Bill Hicks, George Carlin is another favorite of mine. You can actually purchase his songs on the MelodySheep.com website, and you can buy them for anywhere from zero to whatever amount you set. Uh, in other words, you can download the music for free, or you can send a little money Mr. Boswell's way, which is what I recommend you do. And this, <laughs> all this sort of brings me back to my college DJ days. Yes, way, setting the way back machine to the year 1992. He was a young red-haired guy with a dream. He showed up on a college campus expecting to major in hotel management only to find out that the people at the university had lied to him and they did not have a hotel management degree. So, in a little bit of desperation and goofiness, he chose broadcast communications. <laughs> the rest, as they say, is a major catastrophic mistake. But it was a fun four years of college, and I did work at a college radio station on campus. It was a, a they, I guess they called it an alternative radio station 94.5 FM KCCR sharpening the cutting edge of rock that was what we used to say a lot and I started out playing pretty much whatever the general manager of the day wanted me to play and very quickly I realized alternative rock is really really bad so I started kind of bringing in my own CD collection I remember getting a phone call really early on it may have even been the first week I was on the air from the general manager who was listening and he called me up and he said uh, Kevin the Eagles are not alternative rock so I, I very quickly build myself as the alternative to the alternative and and that was that but one of the cooler things about those days was there, there was sort of a, a idea as a DJ couple of things I never thought I would have been able to say uh, one of them being, here's a new song by the Eagles, and it just so happened at that time that the Hell Freezes Over tour began uh, with Don Henley, the late Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh, et al. Uh, Timothy B. Schmidt, he would hate that I don't mention Timothy B. Schmidt. Uh, he's the unsung Eagle. But anyway, uh, you know, all, all those guys got together again, and they did put out a couple of new songs, so I was able to say, here's a brand new song from the Eagles. The other thing I was able to say was, here's a brand new song from the Beatles. Now, you may or may not recall that back in the mid-90s, the Beatles released an anthology documentary series for ABC, as well as a uh, related set of CDs, and on those, they took some songs from the late John Lennon that he had sort of recorded some demo tracks of, and they turned them into Beatles songs. Now, you can like or dislike them or say that they didn't measure up to the early original Beatles, but I was able to say, here's a brand new song from the Beatles. And if you're a DJ, that's kind of a cool thing to be able to say. You know, it's realistically something no DJ will ever be able to say again. I was able to say it. So there. <laughs> One of the things that used to happen a lot in college radio was that we used to be pretty desperate for figuring out if anybody was listening. And I guess that's an advantage of, of podcasting is you can take a look at the stats uh, on your hosting page. You can look at what's called analytics and you can figure out, oh, nobody is listening. Now, there's the, you can look at the list and, and I guess I 
I can at this point say hello, Eagleby, Australia, and hello, Athens, Greece, and hello, Dresden, Germany. Now, I don't know why there are over a dozen listens from those places. Uh, if it's one person or if it's multiple people, I'm trying to picture like a whole family gathering around the, the radio in Dresden, Germany, and it's it's not happening. But there's some odd evidence of, well, you odd listeners, and I, I cannot thank you enough for listening. Uh, <laughs> a note on last week's show, it is not my intention to make this show a political show. Again, I, I want to keep this show free, if not light, you know, at, at the very least fun, entertaining, and that means I don't want to alienate half the audience, but there were some things that I felt needed to be explored, some ideas that needed to be shared, so hopefully you guys appreciated that, and hopefully you guys appreciate that that is not something I plan on doing on a weekly basis. Um, this week, I had big plans. <laughs> I had lots of plans. I had a couple of interviews lined up for this weekend that I was going to then pick and choose the best of the two and air them to this week and next. And, well, let's just say if I had a uh, talent producer, I would fire them. And if I had a logistics coordinator, I would fire them. And if I had really anybody helping me out on, on the podcast uh, in terms of production and, and planning and organization, they would all be, all be shit-canned because... It didn't happen. Now, that's not uncommon. I mean, I, I have reached out to lots of people in since I started this podcast, and most of them don't reply at all. That's fine and acceptable. People are busy, and this is a small little podcast. Uh, and some of them reply and quite simply say no thank you, and that's fine as well. Uh, the, the ones that do, I freely admit, start to, start to grate on my nerves are ones that agree they absolutely say oh sure no problem we'll schedule that blah 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 and then i kind of get led around a little bit and it was yeah i even remarked on on the first uh, episode of this season um that it was predominantly female writers female creative types that were uh agreeing and then not showing but in the last month or so it has proven to be all genders across the board who have said absolutely we'll do this but no, no, we won't. And and <laughs> so I have scheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled and scheduled and rescheduled and scheduled again, and then scheduled some more. And lo long story short, well, it's it's you're, I'm flying solo today. Uh, I mean, we'll still have our regular segments here in a couple minutes. So uh, I, I will bring out the guys from the Straight Meets Gay podcast to say hey, and I'll I'll bring out the fine folks over at the Philosodorks podcast to say hey, and uh, Tim Brennan will be here for his weekly film review. Uh, but really, you're you're kind of stuck with me and. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm a fan, obviously, if you listen to the podcast at all, of kind of classic TV, and there is a very famous clip from the old Jackie Gleason show. This is going back, what's well, got to be 70 years now, maybe more. And Jackie Gleason used to do his show live, and that was when you would see the, what would become the Honeymooners, which is probably what he's most well-known for now by, by, by people today. But that was a segment on the Jackie Gleason show. And there's a very famous clip from his show when he walks out, 
and he's kind of fumbling with his tie, tying it, and uh, he, he looks into the camera and he says, I, a lot of people have asked me, you know, this is a live show, what would happen if, say, a set fell down or an actor was injured or, you know, some catastrophic emergency took place and we were unable to continue with the show, what would we do? And he looks into the camera as he's tying his tie, and he says, well, you're looking at it. <laughs> Something's happened, and we can't really do the show that we plan to do right now. And then he proceeded to just basically stare into the camera for a while. He, I, he, he took a cigarette out, and back then you were allowed to smoke on camera. And in, I think back then you were encouraged to smoke on camera, probably paid extra to smoke on camera, but he did a couple of tricks where he kind of juggled his, his cigarette and threw it into his mouth like a boomerang and did some other little things like that. But really it was just Jackie Gleason staring into a camera until they worked out whatever the, the technical glitch was that allowed them to continue with the show. So uh, today I, I don't have a cigarette because I don't smoke, but I'm I, and I also really try whenever possible not to wear a tie so i'm not wearing a tie but what you got uh this episode is is me um so i was able to get mr boswell's permission to to use uh one of his songs on the podcast today so you did get to hear a little bit of mr rogers and i thought it was again not to be political uh mr rogers when i was a kid we we used to make fun of mr rogers i mean you know here was this little timid guy uh I, I even dare say, you know, he was an effeminate guy back back in back in that day, and and back in that day, that meant something a little bit different than it does today. And people of my generation, some of us, made fun of that. And and you know, now looking back, Mister Rogers was awesome. Uh, you know, he had no problem. He had no problems presenting the show he wanted to do, saying what he wanted to say. And really letting his audience know that they meant something. Uh, whether they meant something to him, whether they meant something to their families, uh, to their friends. He really was all about just sort of letting his audience feel comfortable, feel welcome, feel happy. And you don't see a lot of that or hear a lot of that on TV and the radio. You know, there's so much... Uh, and, and again, last week I was just as guilty of it as anybody else, but there's so many, many people who broadcast disagreement. They broadcast angry debate. They broadcast opinion. And to go back and listen to, to Fred Rogers, he did none of those things. Uh, you know, he had his politics. He had his own agendas. Uh, I, I know if you Google Mr. Rogers and check him out online, one of the first things that's going to come up is the fact that, you know, he lobbied before Congress and literally saved PBS that was going to be defunded back at the time. So, I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't political or that he didn't have his own agendas uh, and his own ideals, but whatever your ideals were as a viewer, he welcomed you. Uh, with open arms and and a zipped up cardigan and you know deck shoes basically vans and he he welcomed you and all he wanted to do for his half hour was make you feel welcome make you feel loved and appreciated and you know how can you not like that i uh, like i said as 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 a kid i i had a very different attitude towards it but as i have matured i get it I understand it, I see the need for it, and you can look at this generation and understand that we don't have that anymore. It's 
very, very, very obvious that we don't have that anymore. So I thank uh, uh, Melody Sheep for letting me play the song. I thank Mr. Rogers for, well, providing the words back then and providing that energy uh, that I think so many people found helpful and beneficial. So with that, here's something else. Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for a few minutes with the guys from the When Straight Meets Gay podcast. Can we start the podcast? Michael's ready. Yeah, I think we're ready to go here. Michael's ready. <laughs> All right, it is time once again for the gentleman, and I use that term loosely, from the when gay meets straight, or no, when straight meets no, gay. No, when straight Boy, you'd think I'd have it by now. When the when straight meets gay podcast. It is Michael, it is Trey, it is Richard. How are we doing, gentlemen? What up? All right, here is our question to get the ball rolling. If... You could pick another decade to live in. Which one would it be? Ooh. Oh, I don't know this right now. I got it. Oh, okay. Give it a trade. Give it a trade. Trade's got the lore. I, I don't know what the decade's called, but whenever there was cowboys and Indians, I'm there. So, like, 1800s? Uh, the, the 19th maybe. century, then. I don't know. But either I way, mean, that... Why would it be a cowboy? Like, like, early 19... Early 1800s, maybe. Why? Because, man, I'd be a cowboy. What the heck? That's amazing. Yeah? That's amazing. I'd have a horse. I would have a horse, a gun. Well, you could have that now, Trey. Yeah, I don't understand why you'd live then. You'd live only for like 30 years and you'd probably have a smallpox. Because back then, yeah, smallpox, syphilis, it's it's all going to, it can all kill you, like, real quick. We got some things that are kind of equivalent to that these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But we also got some, like, you know, precautions, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, but, hey, if it's time to go, it's time to go, dog. Yeah. Oh, dang. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so Trey wants to be a cowboy. What about the rest yeah. of you? Obvious sure. cowboy answer. Obvious cowboy answer. If I could be in, I'd be a millennial because then I could be selfish and you could justify it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Chihuahua. I'm just kidding. With the <laughs> thing. Oh my god! You guys are so crazy. <laughs> we probably either gained or lost some followers. There, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, but you know, we'll, we'll gain them back in some way. I mean, we'll Literally. just have we'll take a picture of Trey with that shirt on, or just his <laughs> flip flops, you know. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> boom! We're, we're back. We're jumping from North Carolina. Where's his flip flops? Yeah. And I got and I got a new career growing. Oh yeah, dude. What is it? No, it w- I would have a new career growing. It'd be new modeling. Oh, I get you. Okay, cool, man. Oh, okay. I see where this is going. This is great, yeah. dude. I mean, this you know we're we're progressing, bro. Is this progressing or regressing? I don't know, but it's a trade. <laughs> He's crushing them. He loves it. He loves it. He likes well, to hang. He likes to hang out. Wait, what's the question again? Wow! <laughs> Pick another decade to live in. Yeah, do it. Oh shit, bro, that's hardcore, man. By the way, the decade only ten years. Yeah. Um, for those listening, you don't know. For yeah. those listening, way to educate for me, the <laughs> I was counting in my head. Oh my god! Oh god, damn it! Just just. I know, dude. I would say honestly, I I love. I love the nineties. Yeah. The eighties are cool as fuck, dude, but the nineties had like so much that good shit, dude. Yeah. You, you lived in the nineties. 
You were born yeah, in the no, 90s? No, I would love to live in the 90s, dude. Like, just, like, just live in the fucking 90s, and I would invent, like, all kinds of shit that I knew was coming in the future. I'd be like, oh, fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I would Ooh, that Well, there you go. <laughs> I guess technically if you were a cowboy, you could invent a bunch of shit, too, so I don't know. That's oh. right. Oh, there you go, dude. See, so you can go to the 1800s, trade with, like, knowledge of, like, fucking Google and computers and fucking, I don't know, um, I'm going, cars. I'm going down in the history books. Yeah, dude, you can make <laughs> a car. Yeah, look at Doc Brown, dude, made a time machine in the 1800s. You can do anything, bro. That's right. That's what movies teach us. You can do yeah. anything. Well, now I'm picturing, I have never met Trey in person, but now I'm picturing him looking like Christopher Lloyd did in Back to the Future. So that's he, It's actually, <laughs> that's exactly how he looks, but he's just way ripped, dude. Like, that's <laughs> so cuter. A ripped Christopher Lloyd. That's just disturbing. Oh, so ripped. Trey, he's definitely has a better looking one than three of us. <laughs> he's definitely. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I mean, that Michael can admit that. That's cool that Michael can say that. Yeah. I'm saying a lot of things are no one's looking at me. Yeah, dude, that's cool. But, you know, I think, I don't know, dude. I think uh, I think I'm the, the handsome one of the group. So. You, you're the one, definitely the one that's married. So you're yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, I took myself off the market. Ooh. He did. Uh, he did. Dolores said, it's either now or never. Yeah, dude, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. Super selfish on your part. Yeah, man, my, 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 uh... Yeah, because uh, yeah, now we're going to have all these girlfriends. They're going to want and be like, nope, sorry, Dolores is property. Yeah, dude, I'm going to be at this winner is on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and no normally at the end of each segment, I say, where can we find you? And it sounds like we're stalking you. Where where, where can they stalk you guys? Yeah. Oh, at uh. Trey Melton, send news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get one of those Patreon pages. Oh yeah, dude, it's just Trey and his flip flops. You can just pay five dollars a month to see Trey and different Trey, high, different types have... of. Uh... Shut the fuck up, Trey. How do you don't have an Instagram that says just my flip flops? You should totally do that. Just my flip flops. Yeah, please do. Oh, that. All right, please, please do, man. In the meantime, you can find this at wsmdpodcast.com. There we go. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, we will do this again next week. Sweet. It is. Okay, bye. And we're back. You just heard me, and, well, now it's back to me again. Uh, welcome back to the Get Off My Lawn podcast. This is Kevin, your genial host. Uh, I realize you already know that, but, you know, it's it's kind of that radio habit. When you're coming back from a break or coming back from another segment, you, you reintroduce things, you reset the stage, and we've done that. Uh, uh, hi. <laughs> So let's see. Looking at things that were going on this week, I, I I did a little bit of research. Not 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 much. I'm going to freely admit that we're 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 flying by the seat of our pants, and you know, well, it's a Sunday, so I'm you know what pants are overrated. But anyway, uh, birthdays. Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, turned 64 this week. In fact, he turned 64 today as I record this. Pee Wee Herman is 64 friggin' years old. Let that settle in, Generation Xers, and yeah, yeah, that's that hurts. It really does kind of hurt. Uh, <laughs> the lovely Shania Twain uh, turns 51 this week. 51. Shania Twain. She looks better than any 
51-year-old has any right to look, doesn't she? I mean, come on. <laughs> Born this week in 1931, uh, former CBS News anchor Dan Rather, who has uh, since gone on to become, I guess, a pundit in his own right, a social commentator in his own right. Boy, you remember the days when you could make one factual error, one factual error on a network news broadcast and be fired after decades decades after 50 years of of broadcasting you make one factual error you own up to it you apologize for it and you get shit canned that <laughs> i like like i said not political let's look at it both both republicans and and democrats alike you know how many mistakes are made on air how many mistakes are made in print on any given day those people keep their jobs here was a guy who was at you know the 68 democratic national convention he was at so many you know world events and now he's got a facebook page just like me and wow yeah he he uh but you know happy birthday dan <laughs> Uh, it was uh, back in 1963 on this week, and again on this day, I believe, as I record this, that Martin Luther King Jr. stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and and gave his famous I Have a Dream speech. It was not the first time he'd given that speech, but it was a fairly uh, historic event to do so on the Lincoln Memorial, on you know, and, at, at the Washington Mall, and just you know, to speak of civil rights at that time, to, to make such an impact, that's more than, well, more than most people today are going to gonna do. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was flying by the seat of our pants doing. What else, what else we got in, 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 the, in the old vault? 20 years ago this week, Princess Diana uh, was, was killed. In, in a car crash with paparazzi chasing after her. <laughs> Let's talk with somebody at work this week. Uh, uh, not not work meaning this podcast, because this podcast doesn't pay, so I have to do other work. So I was talking with somebody at work this last week about the differences between England and, you know, here, here across the pond in, in the United States, and... One of the things, obviously, is that we do not have a king or queen or royalty uh, of any kind. We have a president that serves uh, those state functions, as, as they are now called. And oh, I'm getting very close to getting political. But uh, as, as we look at what Diana was back when, back when Princess Diana was, was still alive, uh, she w became... A spokeswoman for a lot of charitable causes uh, she became a spokeswoman for women themselves um, you know I think you would look at the people of today and it, it would be difficult for us to see someone who is literally a princess you know went from being a duchess to being a princess tough to see her as a feminist role model but 20 years ago she was standing up for things that she believed in and speaking out for things that she believed in and you know princess or not uh you know made made an, made an impact on a lot of people's lives and so that's it's and again not not to make myself feel old but that was 20 years ago that she passed away pb herman was 44 years old back then 
Shania Twain was 31 years old back then. Are you sensing a pattern here? Uh, let's let's cut to anything else. Here's here's something happening. Where here here's Craig's voice over and Brian's music to to yeah, literally something other than me. Well, partly me. Brace yourselves for some deep thoughts with the help of the Philosodorks. It is time once again to meet the Philosodorks. Jesse and Rich, Rich and Jesse, how the heck are you? We are the heck awesome. Living the fucking dream. Neat. You are in the mighty, mighty Midwest. How's the Midwest treating you these days? Uh, it's okay. It's been raining a lot, which is, you know, gross because Zoe won't go out in the grass, so she poops in the house and makes it really hard to mow the grass. But, you but know, otherwise, it's good. There's lots of beer and bratwurst everywhere. So you know. and, and, and cheese. Drought, Let's not forget cheese. Oh, definitely cheese and cheese curds and beer <laughs> cheese. Yeah. All right. So every week I approach Rich with a topic related to his speciality or well, one of his many specialities. The guy's got 20 different useless degrees. I only have one useless degree, so I'm a little envious of his. I myself the jackass of all trades. Thank yeah, you very much. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's the one that that i think will 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 either hit a nerve or 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 will will we'll land this baby here it is rich does philosophy and the study of it make you happier that's a really great question this this might be my favorite philosophy lightning round question so to speak <laughs> uh that's i mean so obviously aristotle would have said emphatically yes uh, uh and that the whole point of being human was to be a rational animal and to think, and if you weren't doing that, you were somehow not fulfilling your function. So he did um, not believe that ignorance was bliss. He believed the exact opposite of that, yes. Uh, now, of course, the problem with that, so, so I think a good counter in, in this regard to Aristotle would be Nietzsche, who was, of course, just the most emo motherfucker <laughs> Like, if he had been around in the 1980s into the 1880s, he would have been the kid all dressed in black listening to the Smiths telling you nothing mattered and what it did. He would have been Orin from Parks and Rec. He would have been Orin from Parks and Rec. That's exactly who he would have been, right? I see you, weirdo. And the weird thing about Nietzsche was that he actually wasn't a nihilist. He actually did think that there were things that were true. Uh, and things that were valuable. He just didn't think anybody else knew what those were except him. Uh, and, oh, my God. <laughs> right? An arrogant motherfucker in addition to an emo motherfucker. Wait, right? an he, arrogant emo philosopher? Gee, that's rare. That's like the rarest of birds. <laughs> uh, it's like a pigeon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it'll shit all over you. So really, yeah. The, Insert the, joke the about rare Pokemon here. <laughs> Thank you for keeping us in, in the 21st century, Jesse. We're talking about pigeons in the 1880s, and you had to bring up Pokemon. Way to go. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I got the, you. The kids appreciate that, you know. My, my, they do. Because the I kids do. are listening. Yeah, oh, this is this is a popular children's show, I tell you. Oh, absolutely. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah, so like, so like Nietzsche sort of went around in a constant state of frustration and anger. Well, a, a big problem that he had actually was that there was a, a woman in whom he was interested in, and his love went unrequited. Uh, and then he went in, womp, womp. and then he went insane and had a mental breakdown and died penniless in a, in, in a mental hospital. And that's actually a true story. Was the woman's name Julie by any chance? You know, hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alright, fair enough. We are now doing inside jokes that nobody will get. Okay, fair. Okay, moving on. (laughs) And Julie, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) And no, I'm not editing this out. (laughs) You shouldn't. This is all gold. This is solid gold. This is what I'm saying. So, so I think, you know, to the question, like my, my personal opinion, does philosophy make you happier? I think it make me happier, but I think does it make people generally happier? Probably. I mean, I think one of the things that philosophy does is it gives you tools for interacting with the world more sort of successfully and cogently. Uh, and so while there will certainly be times that having that skill set will absolutely piss you off because you will hear politicians, you will hear you know, marketing campaigns, uh, things of that nature that you know are crap and, and will make you angry, uh, but you'll also just be generally more engaged with the world around you and just little things like trying to figure out what's in your dog's head and what, what, what their thought processes are. Uh, I, I have a good friend who, who has a, a child and, and is expecting her next one, and the child is just getting to that point where she's starting to verbalize and, uh, like, you know, just... So she's sort of analyzing the child's categorical reasoning process and how she uh, you know, fits things into categories. It just, it just makes you more aware of the world. Uh, and I think in that sense, it absolutely makes you happier if you do it right. So don't fuck up philosophy and you'll be happy. These are the words of Rich, our sage you philosopher. Now you'll be Nietzsche or you know, Karl Marx. <laughs> Neither of whom had a happy life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They're really not the poster child for happy philosophers. That's uh... <laughs> so. These are not your role models. No, do as they say, not as they do. I think is pretty much their. Uh... So all you kids out there, and it's all kids, it's all millennials who oh, are out yeah. there clamoring to join the Democratic Socialists of America. <laughs> Just actually read the stuff and come back to me and tell me if you think any of it is right. Especially if part of your reason for being a socialist is you'd like to buy a house someday. You didn't think you should have the right to own a house, okay? Game over. <laughs> All right. Uh, point of clarification. Yes, Jesse. I am unaware of any connection between quote-unquote millennials who want to be part of the Democratic Socialist Party having, like, being super horny for Marx. I would like you to cite your sources, please. Well, that's a fair question. And so I just, I, I look, I just assume anyone with a man bun is a fan of Hitler. Is that going too far? I do think that it's probably not a great generalization to make because I do know a couple of guys with man buns. No, you don't. No, you might know people with man buns. They're not guys. Oh, my God. So, And I want to emphasize, I'm not usually a guy to shit on millennials, but there does seem to be a specific appeal of ESA uh, uh, to, to the millennial folks. And I'm just saying... Because it's an entire, marks, it's an entire it. generation of people who are 100% fucked. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm why not do you think they, they want to be socialists? I'm not sure. saying they should be Republicans. I'm just saying, and I'm not even saying they shouldn't be socialists. Just don't be that particular organization because there is some definite sort of Marxism uh, that they try to ground their ideas in. And I don't even think they do it in a very sort of coherent way. They're just like doing it like, like that, that like that freshman philosophy major way. Like, yeah, I've read Marx. Well, it's 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 the concept of it's the concept of the drowning person is they reach out and grab at whatever is near, and that's sort of the, that approach to whatever it is socialism. Oh, there it is! I'll grab onto that and I will and latch onto that. Think more coherently about it because there are there are forms of what well, I think is more social democracy than socialism, like Scandinavia and Germany, 
they're incredibly successful and the people there live good lives and live longer and there's not rampant homelessness and but the, the ideas that undergird those societies are not Marx and Trotsky no, no. and <laughs> and, the, and the, like these guys it's just like they've got the right goal but the wrong heroes and that's why I want to kind of redirect them a little bit and they eat too much avocado toast well obviously avocado <laughs> toast is the reason One of my you know you know what I can make fun of people with man buns but you making fun of people who like avocado toast that's crossing a line all right you well, no, but, I, you, but you guys obviously you've seen whatever fucking person is I don't know a senator or some shit like that who was like oh millennials aren't buying houses because they're too busy spending all their money on avocado toast and everybody's like what the fuck are you talking about that doesn't even make sense What's avocado toast? I work for a tech company, and a large number of the people that I work with are a good 10 or so years younger than me. They are definitely millennials. They are excellent people, and they think that that whole sort of shitting on millennials thing is kind of funny. And one of them posted on Instagram a picture of some avocado toast that he made for himself for his Sunday breakfast, and it was pretty awesome. Well, there we go. All right. Well, that uh, that I guess once again we've proven that in philosophy we don't have an actual answer to the question, but we've come up with more questions, and that's really all that we need. So, Jesse, where can they find your show to get more unanswered questions? Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so Rich, this is your cue to drink now. He's drinking water now because we're out of whiskey. It's all downstairs. Um, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DorksCast. You can find us on Facebook. That's Velocidorks. Facebook.com slash Velocidorks, if you will. Um, You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music. No, yeah, Google Play Music. Um, We are definitely on Pocket Cast and anywhere else that fine podcasts can be procured. You can also find us at Velocidorks.com. And um, if you have questions, show ideas, general feedback, just, you know, need someone to talk to you, you can... Or or talk at you in the case of Rich. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) he's not wrong. (laughs) You can hit us up up at dorkscast at gmail.com. All right, Rich, Jesse, thank you once again. It's been a pleasure. Okay, bye. Peace out, dog. That's me being <laughs> <out there. laughs> Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Ever. I am Kevin, your genial host. Welcome once again to the Get Off My Lawn podcast. Business Insider is... Well, it is what it is, and someone has written an article on Business Insider about millennials. We have made fun of millennials here on this show. We have made fun of hipsters here on this show, and it turns out they are a force to be reckoned with because millennials are killing industries. Uh, this article in Business Insider links to uh, 18 different industries that were that have been savagely attacked by millennials, and I, I I don't know why, but you know these are some strange things that that have happened. But apparently, bars of soap, as an industry, is in a steep decline because millennials don't bathe. I, I don't know. According to the article, they said that millennials are convinced that bars of soap have too many germs on the bars of soap, and so they, you know, spend money for the body wash and whatever else is going on. So I don't know really that that industry of of soap is dying because it's the same companies that are making the body wash and the body sprays and the, you know, whatever's 
lotions and whatnots. Uh, but yeah, bars of soap apparently going away. Bye bye. Thanks to the millennials. So there you go. If you make soap for a living and you got laid off, it's all the millennials' fault. So screw them. Um, this one impacts me and you know kind of hits me where I live. Beer apparently is not a millennial beverage. Beer sales down 11% since 2006. 11% since 2006. That's frankly as much beer as my friends and I might drink in any given year. So it could just be that my friends and I all joined AA, and if we'd get you know back off the wagon, beer sales would go back up, and it wouldn't be millennials to blame at all. So it, uh, sorry, uh, we'll try and drink more. We'll do our end, really. I promise we'll work on it. Napkins. I know. I, I don't know. You don't think of napkins as an industry, but napkins are an industry, and millennials, and here, this is one of those rare moments when I agree with millennials, just use a paper towel. Just use your sleeve. Just use really a washcloth, anything that's handy. Napkins are an extra purchase that cost a couple of extra bucks, and you, you have other, other implements, other tools, other things around the house that serve the purpose you know if you're having a fancy dinner party sure get the napkins otherwise there's just no no napkins is an industry we that can go away we're okay losing napkins now the one i really wanted to talk about the one that you know hooters that's right hooters is going away the the, the article lists and lists lists the genre as a restaurants and they you know hooters uh, twin peaks the tilted kilt all of these restaurants are starting to decline in, in revenue, in business, and they blame the millennials, and they say that millennials are not interested in breasts. <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless on that. I don't know what to say. What? 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 You're not... What? I, 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 okay, you know, whatever. That's... Look, I'm I'm not by and large I'm a leg man, and Hooters waitresses tend to have nice legs. So I mean, even if you're not a breast man, there's still reasons to go to these restaurants. Just just throwing that out there. Just you know, trying to, the, the, you know, these girls are trying to put their way through college. Maybe you know, earn their business degrees, become you know architects and engineers. Throw them a couple of bucks as as you as you tip them, you know, and and. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, every birthday for the last several years, my brother and I have basically gone to a Hooters, and it's become our unofficial tradition, and my brother likes to embarrass me. Whether it's his birthday or my birthday, he tells the Hooters waitresses that it is my birthday, and they all come and they put a little tinfoil hat on me and, and sing a little song, and, well, it... This is this is a family tradition. So you darn millennials are killing a family tradition. Not only are you putting these young ladies out of work, but you're you're killing a family tradition, and and that's just sad. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta come on, get 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 your ass in gear, millennials. I mean, come on, come on. You're saving the vinyl industry, you and the hipsters, and for that I'm grateful because I like vinyl records. Uh, but you gotta you gotta step up. Here, when it comes to Hooters and, and Twin Peaks and the Tilted Kilt and some of these other places, I get it. Their chicken wings may not be the best in the world, but they're pretty good. I mean, you know, they're you know there are worse places to eat. Is all I'm saying. Applebee's can go screw. You know, that's fine. Saw on the th saw on the news this week. A lot of Applebee's are closing down. That's okay. At, or you're missing nothing. Well, you know, if Applebee's goes away tomorrow, you know what you're missing? Nothing. 
nothing at all. But if if Hooters goes away, that's well, that that's America. All right, that's America that's shutting down right there. We lose Hooters, you might as well just fold up the United States and just become Canada, which actually would be cool because we'd get health care. Uh, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to get political there. Uh, that's 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 me being topical and yet not political is is pulling a story off of the wires and by wires i mean the internet by the internet i mean actually i don't know where i found that one but that was facebook certainly wasn't linkedin because who you who uses linkedin i went on linkedin last week for the first time in a while and i actually commented on somebody's post you can actually do that on linkedin now i didn't know you could do that and and this somebody just went batshit crazy i mean just beyond nuts and so whatever that you know these things happen and and it wasn't someone that I actually knew i don't even know how i that you don't have linkedin friends you have linkedin i think it's contacts or connections or so i, I don't know i i like I, said, I i can't remember the last time i was on linkedin for more than eight seconds but yeah i made a comment and this guy commented back and we don't need to get into it here because yes it was it was a politically motivated comment that i'd made he was trying to challenge a very highly respected uh, uh non-profit law group uh, and stating that they were, I don't, I don't even know. He was nuts. He was ten types of nuts. And I say this as someone with a history of insanity in the family. This guy was freaking Looney Tunes. But yeah, LinkedIn exists. Did you know that LinkedIn? Yeah, it's still a thing, and and it serves no practical purpose whatsoever. Uh, have have you or anyone you know been hired by 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 somebody discovering you on LinkedIn? Just curious. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Yeah. No, I don't think so. All right. <laughs> We're not stretching at all. Don't think that we are. No, no. This is all perfectly timed, perfectly scripted. Uh, beautiful podcasting gold is what you're listening to right now. So let us uh, segue from, from well, me to our, our weekly film review segment. Well, first again, of course, let's segue first, of course, to the music of Brian and the voiceover of Craig. It's time for our own version of Siskel and Ebert, only, you know, living. Here's film critic Tim Brennan. It's like deja vu a second time, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. So, tell me you got at least, like, the majority of the the podcast, oh, right? Oh. <laughs> it's, yeah. In terms of recording what we did yesterday, apparently, like, I've got... A little device that connects my microphone to my iPad. It's called an iRig. Got it at mm-hmm. um, I forget where the hell I got it from Samuel Ash or somewhere. Uh, but it requires a nine volt battery, which I've never had die on me. And guess what happened? Pretty much as soon as we started recording yesterday. <laughs> nice. So the result but- the, the result was this lovely sort of digital, not even a hiss. It was more of a digital squeal. <laughs> Great. Which okay. Yeah, yeah, if if we had been uh if we had been doing a review of Deliverance would have been fine. Oh would've, sure. Would have fit. That would have been okay. <laughs> and yes, I am recording right now, so we're just going to deal with that. But yeah, we're we're uh yeah, we're 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 here with Tim and we're here with Tim again because this is by the way, the title of this week's episode is The Disaster Show. <laughs> Because, How appropriate. Because everything, yeah. everything that could go wrong this week pretty much has. I had two guests lined up to interview this weekend. They both canceled. I, it just, you name it, 
So, you know, you just got to roll with it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, so we're going to... Technology gonna, is yeah, our friend. Yeah, yeah. so for, for the listening audience, it's going to sound not, well, not any more or less insane than it normally does, but for Tim and I, we're going to be rehashing what we've already said before, only this time, you know, we'll, we'll be much wittier and much more profane, probably. <laughs> Yeah, the, the jokes are going to be at least 17% funnier. That's so. right. That's our guarantee to you, the listening audience. So, so let's Key start let, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's start off where we, where we started off the last time we recorded this, which was talking about the giving, giving me a quick synopsis of your review last week. So last week I saw the new film by Steven Soderbergh, uh, Logan Lucky. And this is the same as Steven Soderbergh, I should mention that I think about three or four years ago uh, announced to great fanfare that he was retiring from uh, making films and then proceeded to um, create a TV show, proceeded to uh, be the cinematographer and editor on Magic Mike. So, like, nobody explained to Steve what retirement means, apparently, (laughs) but that's what he did. And it's a a fun flick. Um, It's a... Heist movie set in West Virginia with uh, Channing Tatum, with uh, Adam Driver, and with the really, really funny uh, Daniel Craig, which is a sentence that most people don't usually say. He's, yeah, he's, um, he's got some good comedic chops. I haven't seen this particular film. Did you Did you happen to see, it was a couple years ago, the, the, let's call it, cinematic masterpiece that is Cowboys and Aliens? I did see that, and that was a... Uh, you know, here's the thing with that movie. <laughs> yeah, and this is going to sound. I'm not defending the movie. I'm not justifying the movie. But the, no, ti- no, 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 no. the, the title of the movie, Go you got that. You know, when you went and watched that movie, you know what you saw? You saw friggin' cowboys and friggin' aliens. And so yeah, that was it, it didn't pure lie to you. Truth and advertising. Yeah, it didn't yeah. lie to you in that film. And, 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 and I think Daniel Craig, even though he played, well, a cowboy. He had some actually decent comedic scenes in that. Walter Coggins, he had a bit with him that was pretty funny, and some other little sequences as well. He was able to display some comedic, comedic uh, t- talent. <laughs> Absolutely, and it was also a rare, um, it was a rare late period Harrison Ford performance, where he was awake and yeah. lively, and he <laughs> he kind of cared about what was going on around him, and yeah. He, uh, you know, and, and I, I appreciated that. I understand. It's one of those movies where I understand every legitimate criticism of it, yet I enjoyed the film. So that's... <laughs> Touché. Yep. Touché. Absolutely. All right, but we're not here to talk about that film, and we're not here to talk about, you know, that film or, or anything by Soderbergh. We're here to talk about what you reviewed this week, which is... So I uh, saw The Hitman's Bodyguard. And that is the new action comedy starring uh, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. And it is directed by um, Patrick Hughes, who um, you and your listeners no doubt know from his um, most famous work, which is The Expendables 3. (laughs) And the film um, was shot in Bulgaria, and it looks very Bulgarian. Did did they Um, claim it was set somewhere else, or did they actually say, hey, we're in Bulgaria? Um, no, it's supposed to be set in um, in parts of Manchester, England, parts of France, and then uh, The Hague. Ah. And my gut tells me that you can shoot a movie in Bulgaria for about 95 bucks. <laughs> and, you know, it looks just like vaguely European. So it's and, so you know, ignorant Americans like us, yeah, you know, you yeah. just plop a camera down and like, 
hey, it's Bulgaria. No, wait, it's France. No, I'm sorry, it's actually Dublin, Ireland. It's, and it's, most it's, Americans yeah. be like, yep. It's the Eastern Hemisphere's Canada, then, is what you're saying. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> um, and the film is about... Um, Ryan Reynolds plays a uh, disgraced protection agent, and he did a boo-boo, and one of his clients um, got his head blown off during an assignment, which... That's, that's a good sign of not being a good protection agent. Yeah, a little bit. Somebody is killed in front of you. Yep. So he has been downgraded. Now he is taking care of uh, you know drug addict lawyers. And there's a brief moment that has a very funny cameo with uh, Richard E. Grant. And despite Richard E. Grant's face looking in many ways like an old saddle, it's Ooh. great to see him. <laughs> I, I can't throw stones. Essentially, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And essentially, Samuel Jackson is uh, the world's greatest assassin. Um, despite being the world's greatest assassin, he has been uh, captured by Interpol. And they have offered him a deal where if he will testify in court against uh, the wicked Gary Oldman, who is playing a uh, Belarusian tyrant sure. um, and who has been uh, arrested for war crimes. He's, he's basically playing the same bad guy character he's played in everything from Air Force One to whatever fifth element to everything else well he's playing like almost exactly the same character from air force one <laughs> only um you remember in air force one he would like talk very quietly and then he would scream and he would talk yes. quietly and then scream and he was kind of lively yeah imagine if you gave that character about 500 cc's of thorazine oh good for that um <laughs> yeah that's that's gary in this film where he's like this paid for my car yeah so let's move on. Well, that, yeah, just, just um, in, in, in the interest of full disclosure, the only reason I know of Air Force One as much as I do is because it is, aside from the Borat movie, the only movie that mentions Kazakhstan as a central plot line, and that was where I was in the Peace Corps. So that's my excuse for knowing it. Really? That's it? <laughs> there, there isn't a lot of, of Kazakhstani prevalence in feature films these days. Go figure. That's but, a pity. But, wow. but, yeah, but yes, needs to that, do something about that. I, you really think that there, it's an untapped market. <laughs> Anyway, Seriously. I keep interrupting you, and that's just rude. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's okay. We we got a chance to talk about Kazakhstan. And yes, we someone did. somewhere is listening to this, and they're like, about goddamn time someone talked it, about the, this. I'm, I'm probably the president of the country is listening to it. You know, that's president. There you go. President Nursultan Nazarbayev. Again, name ten people you mm -hmm. know who can quote the president of Kazakhstan's name from memory. I'm one of them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anyway. I'm very impressed because I'm not one of them. However, we digress. We always do. So, yes. So, long story short, Samuel Jackson um, is married to Selma Hayek, who is being held in prison for unspecified reasons. Interpol tells him if he testifies against the wicked Gary Oldman, they will let um, his wife go free. But complications ensue, and Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson find themselves on a wacky madcap road trip mm -hmm. through uh, Europe in order, you know, to get from uh, Manchester, England, to The Hague. And along the way, Ryan Reynolds does his regular Ryan Reynolds thing where he's kind of like a little bit of a sad sack, wise-ass. Right. Um, Samuel Jackson does his thing. Where Here's the thing. On the one hand with Samuel Jackson, I mean, he, he slings F-bombs like they're literally going out of style. I mean, it's like he was at Costco and... You know, yeah, three bucks off for motherfucker. Yeah, he, he gets paid. Yeah, he gets paid by the fucker. That's what he right. does. But the flip side, though, is that 
he gets a chance to be silly in this. And silly Samuel L. Jackson is not a thing that I realized I needed in my life. <laughs> and, you know, the, the film works when it is kind of plot adjacent. Mm-hmm. So when you have the movie going through its paces, telling the story, and there's a gunfight, and there's a shootout, and there's a car chase, and there's a boat chase, it, it's not very good, and it's very rote. But when you have um, Jackson and Reynolds just hanging out and riffing off of each other, it's very funny, and it's very entertaining. That's good. So yeah. it's, you know, it's the kind of movie where you can watch it when you can watch it while you're doing laundry or making out with your significant <laughs> other or, you know, knitting a caftan sweater. It doesn't require full your full attention. It's not the kind of film like Zodiac where if you step away from Zodiac for five minutes, you're, you're done. You're lost. lost. <laughs> you can't catch up, and the movie won't bother to help you. Right. With this, you can step away for 45 minutes, and you'll come back and be like, oh, look at that, they're bickering. Still, that's fine. So, Well, there's something to be said fine. about, you know, it, I, I hesitate to call it a buddy comedy without having seen, you know, all the logistics of it. But, you know, again, the first time... Oh, don't time, hesitate. Yeah, the, fir- the first time we recorded this, I, I, I referenced the movie uh, Sideways with... Uh, uh, well, now I'm blanking on the names. Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. Yes. As, mm-hmm. as they were just traveling, you know, up Northern California, tasting different wine, and I always describe that one to friends as as a as an action movie with the action sequences taken out. So all that's left is just the the sort of character banter be, between the two stars, which what it, it works in that context. It works very well in that context. Sure. So, and it sounds like you're saying it, it those, really those, does. Yeah, those are the sequences that seem to be working with Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds in this film. Well, yeah, that, you're exactly right. And, I mean, I think finding good chemistry between actors is a difficult thing. Yeah. And everybody has seen a movie where two people are meant to have chemistry, and it's like, nope, not, yeah. not there. <laughs> but... Just just like you talk about with Sideways, in, in The Hitman's Bodyguard, this is very peculiar alchemy that goes on, where even just the two of them standing next to each other is funny. Yeah, I couldn't tell you why, but there's, there's something there that's really good. And I feel like if they had said, okay, we're going to get rid of the script, and we're going to follow these guys around for the next six weeks, and that's our movie, it would be... It would be immense it would be huge oh yeah well again to bring to bring back up uh sideways if you have not done so listen to the dvd commentary on sideways which is again two guys bantering about a film of two guys bantering (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's (laughs) it's it's really similar to um check out the the commentary for the um the dvd of kiss kiss bang bang with uh robert downey jr and val kilmer yeah and that it's it's very much the same kind of thing. Like two two very smart, very loquacious dudes just bouncing off of one another, <laughs> and it's it's ridiculously entertaining. Well, it sounds like if we need some escapist fare this week, then then you have a movie for us. There's there are awful things going on in the world right now, <laughs> and I mean a little bit of escapism never hurt anybody. Sure. So absolutely. Well, there we go. Well, thank you for uh, recording this not just once but twice. Tim Brennan, and we can find you on aboutboulder.com, and and I guess we can ah. we can stalk you in Boulder. You want you want to give people your home address? People stop by. 
I'm not comfortable with that. Okay. Um, if you really wanted, I'm sure we could figure something out. Um, I just do it uh, with great trepidation. Ah, oh, you're no fun. All right. I know. I understand. My listeners are a unique <laughs> bunch. All right, Tim. Well, we'll try and do this only once, you know, next week. But I make no promises. <laughs> we'll give it a shot, man. It's all right. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Okay, that's that's gonna do it for the for the podcast this week. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's gonna happen next week. You know, it's a holiday weekend. I've got a couple of uh, uh, feelers out for people that I want to talk to, uh, but it's a holiday weekend, so you never know who's going to say yes or who's going to say no or who's going to say yes and then say no or who's going to say yes and then reschedule. But as as usual, I want to thank everybody who who uh, listens to the show. I want to thank everybody who contributes their time to the show. Brian with his music, Craig with his voice, uh, the, the the guys from the podcast, and of course the the one one token female on the podcast as well. By the way, let's let's chat for a minute about these podcasts that that we are are, are cross promoting. Since I brought this podcast back and we've started doing a new season and we've incorporated these other podcasters, uh, how can I put this? They, they, they haven't podcasted. They haven't, they haven't dropped new episodes. So here I am cross-promoting. The idea of cross-promotion is I promote them. They promote me. We boost each other's audience. We expose others to you know their art and vice versa. And it's it's just it's just me, and I'm okay with that. You know that's fine. I like I said I I like these people. I think that they are putting on good shows, and they deserve uh, recognition for what they're doing. And it's cool that they've agreed to uh, take some time to be a part of this show. But uh, you know, get get your own shows in gear. Get get them get them going. You know, yeah, I'm giving you a little back chat. I'm giving you a little something. A little 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 little. little am, am I stammering like Bob Newhart for some reason? I don't know. Anyway, to to my fellow podcast partners, let's go. Let's see some new episodes. Let's let's see you guys do that voodoo that you do so well. <laughs> That's all I got, folks. Uh, you know, next week. Might be something really cool and interesting featuring uh, an interview with some really interesting person. Or it might be nothing at all. Or it might be something completely different. So until then, you just never know. You're going to have to live in the mystery. Uh, This has been the Get Off My Lawn podcast. I am your genial host, Kevin. Get off my lawn. This has been the Get Off My Lawn Podcast, brought to you by Kevin's Bookmobile. Check out www.lulu.com slash marusic for a selection of books authored by your genial host. Buy a paperback, download an ebook, and help support the podcast. That's www.lulu.com slash m-a-r-o-u-s-e-k. And by our tip jar. Like what you've been hearing on the show so far? Want to hear more? Then help us out by going to getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com, clicking on the tip jar, and donating to the cause of creativity. No amount too large, no amount too small. That's getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at getoffmylawnpod. Check out our SoundCloud at getoffmylawnpodcast, or subscribe to us on iTunes for the latest episodes. Questions or comments, or to suggest a guest, our email address is getoffmylawnpod at gmail.com. The theme was written and composed by Brian Weideman. Check out his music at www.worldbride.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-B-R-I.com. 
The logo was designed by Julie Contreras at Urban Bird Design. Go to urbanbirddesign.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend.